Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. Gary Collins back with us, was raised in the high desert at the basin of the Sierra Nevada mountain range in a very rural part of California. He now lives in a remote area off the grid in northeast Washington state. He has a diverse background that includes military intelligence, being a federal government special agent, entrepreneur, author, and college professor. He's been involved in organized sports, nutrition, fitness for almost four decades. He's an active follower and teacher of simplicity of life to include the self-reliance, survivalist, off-the-grid lifestyle. Gary, welcome back to the program. How are you, sir? Good, good. Thanks for having me on again, George. I'm looking forward to this. And when you say living off the grid, what exactly does that mean? Well, there's many different meanings out there. I just look at it as simply not being attached to uh, public utilities. So you're your own power company, sewage company, water company, power company. That's how I look at it. Some people take it as you don't use internet, you don't have a cell phone, all that. To me, that's that's not how I define it. You've got a pretty intense government background. Tell me a little bit about that and how you got interested in living off the grid. Well, like you said, I grew up very rural. I grew up in a town of like 1,800 people. I lived outside of that town in smaller places that had less than 100 people. So I grew up in the sticks is the best way to put it. And with the government traveling around the world and dealing with uh, criminals, uh, to include supervisors and bosses, I guess. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> um, maybe not. But just the stress of the job and everything, I wanted to get back to the life that I grew up with. You know, growing up, you think, oh, this stinks. I can't believe my parents stuck me out in the middle of nowhere. There's nothing to do. And then you get older and you go, oh, wow, that was a great life. It was very quiet, easy, simple. And I wanted to get back to that. Um, so I put, hatched my plan over a decade ago and decided I was going to give a stab at living off the grid and have a remote piece of land and just went about it, put it together and did it. Now, of course, you you try to help people do the same. Not everybody can pick up and move and live off the grid. What happens to those folks, Gary, during some kind of catastrophe that could occur? Whatever it you know, may be. And that's a tough one because I, I, I get asked that all the time. You know, well, I always hear, well, I can't do that. Well, the funny thing is, because I'm single, they go, oh, you're single. You don't have any responsibilities I have. Well, I go, well, most people living off the grid or living remotely are families. It's not single people. It's actually married people with kids, pets, the whole bit. Um, but people in the city, it's a tough one. If you can't do it and you can't get away, if you're in the city, you're just going to have to figure out you know, how to have enough supplies, have a backup generator, you know, have some clean water and figure out how you can hunker down. If you're in a city, you're trapped. I mean, there's no better other way to put it uh, unless you can get out, which we see, you know, a lot of times when a natural disaster hits, you know, the freeways are jammed up. People can't get it, even get out. All the hotels are filled. So it's a tough one. Well, it is a tough one. And it's, it's a sad one, too, because I think it's not a matter of if – it's just a matter of when something's going to happen. Do you feel that way? Absolutely. Um, you know, natural disasters happen almost yearly. You know, growing up, uh, even in California, the forest fires we get, uh, well, I don't live there anymore, but they're 
they're getting worse and worse. The biggest one was last year that they'd ever had. And what are you going to do about it? It's, you know, I kind of call it, it's one of the side effects of putting a lot of people in one area, right? You put a bunch of people in one area, you have very few ways out and you have a natural disaster. Well, it's, it's not going to go very well. Jesse Ventura lives off the grid in Mexico sometimes. Yeah, he's in, is he in Arizona as well, I believe? I don't think he lives off the grid in Arizona. I can't remember. I mean, what, what, what in terms of living off the grid, I mean, do you have like solar ele- panels or something? Or, I mean, no electricity at all? No, it, it, people are surprised when they see my house. They can't, when you get inside, you can't even tell it's off the grid. The technology has advanced so far that I have normal appliances, I have hot water, I have a washer-dryer. Now, I gave up things like a dishwasher, but I don't really care about a dishwasher. I don't have a microwave, but I don't use a microwave anyway. But I have all the standard, you know, things a normal house would have. I run it all off the solar system right now. Uh, The last two years I've been trying to get a, a turbine system, you know, wind system in. I just haven't had time but I plan to run wind and solar. But so far, I run the whole thing off solar. And it works. Yeah. Even on cloudy days, uh, there's ways you can change the charge controller and the settings so uh, you get more of a charge, a quicker charge. And, you know, I put it at the, the high setting where it's supposed to be at and for cloudy days. And usually I'm in a surplus even on cloudy days. I can, you know, I can't do, run my my washer and dryer and stuff all day. But for the most part, I run all my lights, TV, all that good stuff, computer. Interesting. And, uh, I mean, is it fun or is it work? In the beginning, it is work. Uh, that's why I explained the book. Uh, when you had me on last time, I think I'd written uh, Going Off the Grid, and the Living Off the Grid is kind of the follow-up, and I've written some other. And also the, the Simple Life, also, I think you wrote. Yeah, the Simple Life series, which... Uh, gives you the whole, I'm trying to create a whole path for people to kind of declutter their lives and simplify. But yeah, in the beginning, it's very difficult because you have to set your system up. You know, you got to put in all your infrastructure. But once you get it done, you know, the, the most surprising thing people find is you have so much more free time because you don't have the typical everyday noise going on in, in general life. You're just, you have less distractions. You know, I wake up, my office is in my house. I go straight to my office. I work, you know, I work until I'm done and I don't have to fight traffic. You know, I don't have, you know, go out and go out and eat or delivery. I do, you're self-contained is what happens. So you end up with many more hours in the day than you usually would have in the typical American life. That's true too. But now if you had children and it, and a family, would it be difficult for you? I don't think so. I, I don't think much would change. And I know families who live off the grid. Uh, they seem to have a great time. Uh, the only thing that would change would be, you know, obviously if they're into, uh, you know, extracurricular events, sporting events and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, you live a little further away. So you're going to have to drive them into town so they can go to practices and all that good stuff. But I don't think it would be any different than someone living in the city fighting traffic to take them to those events anyway. Now, what about people who like to live in RVs and drive all over the country? What's life like for them? Well, 
it's interesting. I've been living in my RV for almost seven years now. So I, when I first transitioned, I sold my house, downsized, and then eventually moved into my RV. I still live in my RV half the year. So when it, I'm up the top of the mountains and I'm up closer to Canada on the Idaho border. So when it snows, it snows. So I get out. I leave. <laughs> it's uh, kind of dangerous on my property, too. Uh, try, trying to get in and out, I'd have to snowmobile in and out probably for a mile and park my truck down at the very bottom. I'm all on a life's too short. I don't want to deal with that. Um, so I, I live in my RV, and, you know, people really, really enjoy it. I've met hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands, of RVers over the years, and it's just a totally different lifestyle. And uh, you just get up and go. You know, if you're sick of a place, you back the truck up, you hook up, or, you know, if you got your Class A, B, or C, you just take off, and you go to your next destination. Now, do you do you work? I mean, you you don't have that conventional kind of job, which uh, would restrict you from doing this, right? Not now. Uh, when I first started, I did uh, have side jobs. Um, college professor, though, now with remote, I was teaching classes online. Uh, you know, I did other things to to support myself. But now I'm a full time author. I developed my business over the years. To where, and it's always, I've always run it remotely. I've run my business remotely for probably six years now. And so, yeah, I, I built everything so I could live this lifestyle. So I made sure that, you know, as an entrepreneur and what I was doing, I had the ability to live this lifestyle. That's a tough transition for people, too. But I know people who live off the grid that go to work every day. They go into town, they make the drive, but they live off the grid. Was this difficult for you in the beginning? Yeah, because um, there's no roadmap. And that's one thing I, I talk about a lot is this, is this is your adventure, not my adventure. So I can give you the basic outline of what I went through and, and the typical things you'll, you'll experience and have to deal with. But it's different for everyone. So you, when you meet people who live off-grid, we all get together and we start talking about how we do it. And everyone does it differently. So you have to figure it out, and that's the part of being more self-reliant, more personal responsibility for your, you know, yourself. You have to figure it out. No one's going to hold your hand and tell you how to do it. It's like, okay, you know, like me, I, I had to put a gate in a mile away from my house. Um, I, I bought 20 more acres, and I had to put a gate in. I had to backpack, you know, bags of concrete back and forth. There was no easy solution. There was no way for me to get them there besides hand haul them. I had to figure out a system to get them there and then mix my concrete, get the water there, and do it. Put the, put the gate in. You know, it's stuff like that that people don't think about that you have to figure out a solution. No one's going to drive it. You know, no one's going to deliver that gate and concrete there for you. No. What did you end up, Gary, missing the most when you started living off the grid? Um, not much. <laughs> I don't know. I honestly, I love my life. I, I don't miss anything. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I, there's really not much I miss. Uh, you know, if I want to go into the city, you know, Spokane's 45 minutes away. I'm in Spokane right now. I'm in a hotel doing this interview because obviously I don't have a landline. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, I to me, my life is very normal. To other people, they're fascinated by it. 
And that's what shocks me probably the most is how people look the way I live. And they're all, how do you do that? And I go, what? same way you do. I still wake up in the morning. I still work. I still do the same things. I just have more freedom. That's why I did it. Now, assuming uh, an asteroid doesn't come and blast us all and obliterate you, uh, but if it hit somewhat place else and took down the power for a long time and stuff, you'd be okay, wouldn't you? Yeah, actually, where I'm at, we, we've had some pretty bad storms over the last couple of years that downed a lot of trees and, and took the power out. And I didn't know. I, I, I was looking out my front windows. I have a lake uh, down below me that's probably four or five miles away. But I can see it. I'm above on the mountain. I can see into the lake. And I remember looking out and I go, there's no lights. And I didn't know until I went into town and everyone's all, oh, yeah, the power was out for, you know, 13, 14 hours. And I'm like, oh, I didn't know. Because all my stuff just runs. You know, it runs exactly how it did before. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern. And go to coasttocoastam.com for more.